we're moving slowly and then we get slapped back and pushed back and we just got to get up and keep pushing but we haven't made enough significant change you know and there are some people right now who, who want to take us back to 1860 so the battle is still to be fought Hello and welcome to the third season of Life is for the Living. I'm your host, Rebecca Richmond. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. This is a podcast dedicated to the idea that everyone has a story to tell. And in telling those stories, we can find what it means to be human, what binds us together and what differentiates us from others. To do this, each season, we focus on a group of individuals that all have something in common. And for this season, we are very excited to introduce you to our guests, all of whom have devoted their lives to activism. This group includes a former Black Panther, a trans rights elder, a woman's leadership coach, a community organizer and social worker, and a union organizer. They have performed their activism in many forms, from the more traditional marches, protests, sit-ins, community actions, to some more unexpected forms, such as data analysis, medical videos, and corporate meetings. They have had massive successes and terrible failures, but most of all, they have persisted. Before we meet our guests, a few notes on the start of the season. We did our best, as we always do, to make sure the guests are as diverse as possible to represent as many aspects of activism as possible. But we are limited both on the small number of guests we can actually have uh, in any given season and by our ability to get those guests, which we mostly do via friends and friends of friends. You may note that this season has a conspicuous absence, and that is of any men. That is for two reasons. One, pretty much any time we asked around for recommendations for activists, we were almost always given names of women. And to be honest, that pretty accurately reflects my experience when I was dabbling in activism. Secondly, the two men that we did reach out to had personal conflicts and couldn't make it on. As with our previous seasons, we did try to get older guests to capture stories that may be at risk of being lost and also get a bigger perspective on all of life. But we also have one younger guest, and by younger, I mean in her 50s. Lastly, the opinions of our guests are theirs and do not necessarily reflect our own views. I try my best to allow them to state their views in their own words, but some stories have been edited for clarity, and I try to define any terms that may not be familiar to the wider audience. And with that, let's get started. First up, we have Jan, who was a union organizer in Chicago then moved to Las Cruces, New Mexico, where she became involved in prison reform and immigrants' rights. My name is Jan Thompson. Well, Janice Thompson. And I'm 79 years old. I turned 80 this August, and I'm planning a big party. I'm an old, uh, short, 
white woman wears glasses and now hearing aids. Uh, I am I am an activist. I'm a Unitarian Universalist for my religion, and I think that that plays a major role in who I am. For those unfamiliar with Unitarian Universalism, it is a liberal religion with no creed or unified sacred text, but a core belief in a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. For those of you who listened to the first season, Unitarians and Quakers actually share a number of core values. Although, as someone who grew up in the Quaker tradition of silent meetings, I have to admit I find the Unitarian services just a bit chatty for my tastes. Next up, we have Denise, who is a former member of the Puerto Rican activist group The Young Lords and a former member of the Black Panthers. However... Those are but two of her many identities. Denise Oliver hyphen Velez, and I'm 75. I'm a Black American woman who is currently in her elder years. Um, and I grew up in, a, in an interesting kind of family. I have uh, my grandmother that also helped raise me is a white American who was from a farm girl from Kansas who got married in, I think it was in 1913. She found out that they couldn't, she and my grandfather couldn't get married in Kansas. So they had to leave because there were miscegenation laws and they went to Wisconsin and then moved to Chicago where they had my dad. So I have, and I, I grew up in a Hasidic Jewish neighborhood in Brooklyn initially, born in the Brooklyn Jewish Hospital. So I had an early exposure to multiple kinds of cultures, um, but with a very strong sense of Blackness and being rooted to history. So I could fast forward, went to a bunch of different schools, became a radio person, media person for a period of time. been an anthropologist and uh, a radio station program director, PD of TV, an applied anthropologist working with epidemics, in particular HIV AIDS, and a bunch of other stuff. I believe in housing for people, medicine and healthcare for all people. People should earn a living wage. And a lot of the things that people on the left, uh, that a lot of people on the left ascribe to. So I act. I now use my keyboard as a place where I can make my voice heard. But I also have been through, you know, being beaten up by cops, being busted, being out in the streets and going door to door and doing community activism. For my whole life and 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 even in different fields, uh, for example, I was one of the founding members of WPFW Pacifica Washington, which was the first minority controlled. That's what the term that they use minority back then. Public radio station It was a Pacifica station in D.C. And so activism was the part of building that station and going on the air and doing uh, activists, public affairs programming, 
along with music and news and whatever. And that was a major step because we need to begin to get our voices out in, in numerous ways. And having activist radio was really important. So throughout my life, no matter what field I've been in, uh, my politics have become are the center of whatever it is I'm doing. Jessica, a trans woman and data scientist, similarly has accumulated a number of identities in her lifetime. My name is Jessica Xavier, and I am 70 years old. I can't really believe my age, but it's true. I have apparently lived to tell, as we say. Nearly all trans people change our names. And when I thought about my new name, I remembered my mom used to call me Jesse as a term of affection when I was growing up. So Jessica was a good fit. Most of my friends call me Jesse. As for a last name, I knew some drag queens who had either first or last names of Xavier. And I like that. I've known drag queens who were very, very fierce, like Stonewall veteran Sylvia Rivera and HIV advocate Jeffrey Pendleton, those are deceased, but they were very, very inspirational to me. First and foremost, I am a trans woman, uh, a trans elder now, a longtime advocate for access to gender-affirming care, a data geek, survey researcher, an evaluator of demonstration projects to improve access to HIV primary care, a Wiccan high priestess and high magician, and a singer-songwriter, to name just some of these contexts. Our next guest, Belinda, came to activism through her work coaching women in leadership positions. My name is Belinda Clemenson, and I'm 53. I would say I am an activist, I am a creator, I am a facilitator, I'm a coach, and I am a seer of the potential in people. I think a few years ago, I would not have described myself as an activist. I think that word would have intimidated me or maybe sort of fired up my imposter syndrome to say, you know, am I really uh, doing that work? And do I want to play it a little safer than that and say, well, actually, I do leadership development consulting. That's that's what I do, even though that is in the space of uh, working for gender equity, I would have stayed away from the word activist, whereas Um, I think a few years in of sort of doing the work of gender equity and leadership, I can't not call myself an activist. There's so much work there that needs to be done. And if we don't lean into the activism of that, it's not going to get done. And lastly, we have Susie, who started out as a social worker and then ended up as a community organizer who worked on reproductive rights, disability rights, environmental justice, and more. Her life has taken many twists and turns, and as such, she finds it hard to describe just one version of herself. My name is Susie Schaefer, and I am A2 and going on 83. Sometimes I feel like I'm about 90, but um, <laughs> I how would I describe myself? Because um, I, it depends on the era you're talking about. <laughs> because it it you know I think I've changed a lot over years and I'm pretty different than I was in various t- 
I mean, I, I was just a dumb little child, you know, a little ch- little girl. But so I, I think I've, I've a fairly complicated background, and um, and I think I have changed over time a lot. And uh, so I can't describe myself in a very few words, yeah. And those are our guests for this season. I hope that you enjoy getting to know each of them throughout these episodes as much as I did. For this season, we are going to mix it up a bit and have an episode dedicated to each of our guests so that they can narrate the path of their lives in one continuous story, starting with Jan. Then, after we've done that, we will revert to our normal format of episodes with multiple guests centered on a topic. Thank you for listening, and if you have any suggestions about future guests, topics, or just want to chat in general, you can reach us at at lifeisforthel on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at lifeisforthelivingpodcast at gmail.com. The Life is for the Living podcast is written by me, Rebecca Richman, and produced by Marco Berlow.